Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome into Balloon Party, also known as Tim and the Skiffler. Yeah, Baldy and Balding, I think, is really... That's taken off. What about just the old school Tim and Boy, or Tim and Little Tex? I like, t- yeah, Tim and Little Tex still is a special place in my Yeah, life. you like being Little Tex, don't you? How are they, partners? Oh, God. <laughs> be my little tagline. Text in 65780, the Air Comfort Service text line. We got, I mean, here's another show, Jackson, where I'm like, ah, I don't know, I can go two or three hours, but we're going to do the one hour. We're going to be the palate cleanser for the, the quality that Randy Carricker, Michelle Smallman, and Matt Rocchio just produced for the last three hours. We will destroy it. Yes. And then you'll have BK and Ferrario come in. And they will restore order right. we, at 11 a.m. Yeah. I am like in full nerd mode on Tiger Woods' press conference, which is taking place any moment. Uh, do you believe he will announce that he is going to play at this press conference? I don't believe he will. I'm not saying that he's going to say I'm not playing. I right. just don't think he's going to announce that he is going to play. That is my action. I, but like, I don't know what he would talk about outside of that. Because that he wants to see how he feels, and it's going to be a game time decision. That's, yeah. that's my read. Tea times come out tomorrow, correct? Tea times come out in two hours, Jack. Oh well, then wouldn't he kind of have to? He can still WD. Got it. Yeah. Okay. The Paul Casey match play plan. That's fair. I think he will announce that he's going. To okay. Play today. How much do you want to you want to play for? I took your bankroll on TMA earlier this About, morning. Yeah, Rocky three and four. Yeah, Jackson. Uh, just to, before we get into his breakdown of the Blues and Coyotes and what a second period it was, and you'll see uh, kind of some of the X's and O's that Jackson's drawn up for you on that. But uh, Jackson on TMA this morning on one hundred five seven HD two the potted plant said um, that uh, Rocky Balboa and Apollo Creed went into a warm embrace in the ocean in Rocky IV. And he was adamant about it. And I said, I'm moving my bankroll into the middle that it was Rocky III. You took the bet. And so at that moment, I owned your bankroll. He did, yeah. Well, because my thought was that, correct me if I'm wrong, Rocky trained Apollo Creed in Rocky IV to fight Ivan Drago. And I figured that that training session would have happened while Rocky was training Apollo. No, I mean, I understand the reasoning. The unfortunate element for you is the result is incorrect. And what happened in Rocky III is that Rocky had kind of lost his fastball after the late, great Burgess Meredith passed on. Mm -hmm. And Apollo Creed appeared to train him after Rocky defeated him in a controversial ruling in uh, Rocky II. If you look at the the replay, I think if there was a replay official there, I'm not sure he would have won it. But either way... He got him back on track. They sprinted on the beach, and then they wound up hopping around in the water and embracing, and that was that was Rocky Three. Little out of left field. 
Yeah, but still one of the greatest scenes in film history up there with the baptism scene in yeah. The Godfather. Yeah, the Copacabana my... scene in Goodfellas. That's that's correct. Yeah, there's your pantheon right there. Uh, so Tiger will be talking any moment. Uh, I know Jackson wants to go through like a 45-minute breakdown of North Carolina and Kansas. And I talked a little bit about this on uh, TMA this morning, that you go deep into the weeds on the college basketball and, I mean, you go deep into the week. You kind of go ESPN analyst. And I'm not talking about here in St. Louis and Creve Corps. I'm talking about Bristol. Mm. Like you'd have a powder blue Sharpie to match your <laughs> powder blue best fans in baseball hooded sweatshirt that you're wearing right now. Circling. And you'd be circling things and yeah. telling people this and telling people that with your telestrator. And I know you're chomping at the bit yeah. to give the people your insight as to why North Carolina blew it mm-hmm. in the second half. Yeah, I you know I I really think I I haven't even taken the top off at all. I could really, if you want to see in the weeds, I could really tell you that, you know what. Uh, Before you go, because I can tell you're about to do well, it. Yeah, I can tell you. I can tell you're about to just take the football right out of my hands. What do you think more people in the listening audience, honest opinion, care about? The Blues beating the Coyotes. Or Kansas winning the national championship? I honest on this one, I don't know the answer, so I'm not setting you up. I think cards the, on the table. I think listeners, like the entire everyone who's listening, to everyone this, who's listening right now, the national championship, I think holds is bigger. But do you uh, feel like you're biased? No, I think the vocal minority on the on the text line, <laughs> the text owns your soul. Will tell you otherwise, but I think, I mean, just based on like 16.3 million people watch the final four, like. It, hockey games don't get that kind of number. It's not a assault on hockey. It's just a more regional sport, whereas basketball is more national. And this is the Final Four, and this was last night was a national championship. I don't think it's crazy to think that more people in the listening audience were more interested in the college basketball game that happens once a year outside of a regular season hockey game. Let's say that the Blues meet Patty Maroon mm-hmm. in the Stanley Cup Final here in about three months. Mm-hmm. Blues and Ning. Yeah. Stanley Cup Final. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the NBA Summer League is going on. (laughs) And we're fresh off of the Blues winning game two to even the series at one apiece. And I ask you, what do you think there's more interest in? What will you say? The Stanley Cup, although I do love Summer League. Okay. But the Stanley Cup. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I am the plaintiff's counsel with the defendant on the stand. That's what I feel like the case is here. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, you think the lead should be North Carolina and Kansas, and I respect that you are the producer. Yeah. I am merely a pawn. The, the, the pawn <laughs> in your attempt to indoctrinate this area into basketball. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, I, I, I let me say this. Mm-hmm. I had zero expectation of watching that game last night. Yeah. For real. Uh-huh. I did not. And then I flipped it on about five minutes left, right after Hubert Davis uh, screamed at Tracy Wolfson in a very surprising interview. And then North Carolina went on a, what was it, like a 16-0 run or something like that? They went off. They just were dismantling them. And then I'm like, okay, i got to get to bed. I get up at 4.30, 5 in the morning, uh, and i got to get to bed. And the game, it brought me in. It brought me in. Yeah. And so I watched all the way until the end. I didn't stick around for one shining moment. I didn't stick around for Charles and Kenny the Jet and Clark Kellogg with Ernie Johnson on the set. Went to bed right afterwards. But I did watch it. And I don't know when the last time I really locked in on an NCAA tournament final game. I mean, it's been a a while. Yeah, and then what game? I think this tournament wrote me in, I think, in part because of St. Peter's. Yeah, yeah. That was a a really—that's a good point. Uh, 
and there was really really no hook. I mean, just two blue blood programs. But the way the game was played, the energy in which the game was played is, it's it's tough to look away because. I mean, they're just they're duking it out. Just well, it's the greatest comeback in NCAA championship history, right? And a team like North Carolina, who's shown already in this tournament that they're quick to give up a lead, as you saw with Baylor coming back from twenty-five down. Uh, North Carolina obviously won that game, but they were not as lucky. Even though they had they they got that was a gift they got when that guy stepped out of bounds. What a gift that was! With four seconds, killed left, gamblers. Yeah, absolutely killed destroyed. gamblers because the number was four. Yep. And it may have tipped off at three and a half, four, four and a half, depending on where you were getting your numbers. But either way, that was the median number was four points. Yep. Kansas is up three, and logic would dictate double bonus that it at the very least one of the free throws is going to be hit, giving you a push. push. Yeah. If not, what I would say is probably the likelihood at that point is you were going to cover. Mm-hmm. Because North Carolina most likely at that point, they're down five with three seconds left. They might get the pass off to half court and somebody fires up a three from half court. Right. And it has about a, I don't know, 7% chance of going in. Yep. Point being, he hits the free throws. You are cashing. That was brutal. I saw there was a ticket at uh, a book. I don't know what, oh, that was in Las Vegas. I think it mm-hmm. might have been Red Rocks. Guy bet a million dollars on Kansas. He did. Oh. Yeah. That's uh, what you'd hope that with someone betting that much that they can lose that much. But to lose it in that fashion is still gut-wrenching. I mean, but that's – that's I've, I've said it before about betting college basketball, basketball in general, late-game fouling and stuff that happens in the last five seconds can determine whether you get paid or not. And that is I, – I don't have the stomach for it. I, I stay away. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clear the floor. Okay. This is what you. This is what you have been. We get up early I mean, we for. are, uh, we are in our th- fourth month of this show. One, two, three, four. I guess. Okay. Yep. Uh, already covered the over, really, as far as life expectancy. <laughs> right. Yeah. So right at over. this point, you know, it's just uh, at this point we're just running good. It's icing on the cake. Uh, Jackson, you wanted to just shine bright like a diamond and uh, show everybody that you can break down college basketball. I'm going to start scrolling through my Instagram. Okay. Uh, this is your chance to go tell uh, the listeners here on 101 ESPN what you saw that allowed North Carolina to blow it against Kansas in the second half. All righty. Well, as right. simple as this, really. Uh, North Carolina in the first half was dominating the offensive boards, and I can't describe how deflating that is for a defense. When you work your ass off to get a stop, you get and you don't get the rebound, and they were six for six in the first half on offensive rebound and converting that into points. That is killer for a defense, and they took that momentum. Uh, and unfortunately, in the second half, Baycott was he was gimpy to start the game, and then as the game went on, McCormick played some super gutsy defense on the big man, uh, playing most of that second half with three or four fouls, and played really good defense. They shut down Baycott. Uh, Kansas was moving the ball really well in transition. Remy Martin was hitting shots that no human being should be expected to make. And they had all the momentum in the second half leading to Baycott's injury when he put all that weight on his right foot. Uh, Then Baycott's out. Then Caleb Love is forcing up bad shots. And they really fell in love with that one-footed two-step floater in the middle of the paint in the second half. talking about the Tar Heels, and that really cost them a bunch of points. And... You know, at the end of the game, they got given that chance. Manic slips. That wasn't the play. And Love has to force up a bad shot. And Kansas is your national champions. That's really all I got.
That's all you got. I feel like you've got about 30 more minutes. You really do. And then and I think what happened is, here's what I observed. Because I'm honestly, I, I was on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then I saw that Tiger is at the podium. And so then I looked up over your left shoulder at the television to see if they've announced whether he's playing or not. And then out of the corner of my eye, see you're doing it again. You looked at the text line. And then the text line yet again began the process of owning your soul. <laughs> and you wanted to break down play-by-play play of the game. And you saw that. They were angry at you as per usual, and you decided to eject, even though you were really only about an eighth of the way through your take. I didn't look. I could. The problem with you this, can feel. That's what I was gonna say. I can the the screen because you know we're not on camera right now, but I'll theater of the mind here. Of course. The the screen is directly to my left and right in my periphery, and it's almost like this white screen I'm looking at with the text is turning red with anger, but. Uh, yeah, I think the the effort North Carolina showed in the first half was the difference in that run they made. And then Kansas, naturally with a coach like Bill Self, is going to come back in the second half and, and come out firing. And North Carolina just wasn't ready. I mean, they've been an eight seed. They weren't that good this year. So to make it this far, eventually that's the difference between a one and an eight seed is the eight seed sometimes can crumble. There you go. That's really That's really my breakdown. I love Hubert Davis, by the way. His energy on the sideline was – Part of the reason why I love basketball, because because I feel the same way when my team's playing well. I'm trying to pick which one to read. Yeah, I mean, there's probably so I'm not. You know, what, I actually need to limit it to a Mount Rushmore. That's what I need. A Mount Rushmore. Watch this. Text. I'm gonna. I'm going to. You turning it off? I'm you turning, turning it off? I'm turning it off. You should have done this on January 3rd. <laughs> I know. You're right. A Missouri station breaking down KU like they're our own. What the f? That's from the 636. Uh, it? Both Jackson and I attended the University of Missouri. One of us graduated. I'll let you figure out which one. Yeah. Anyone other than gamblers, anyone in this area who cared about the basketball game were Mizzou fans hoping for Kansas to lose. But now the last thing we want to hear is why Kansas came back to win. That's from the 314. Okay. Bill Self is just gross. That's from Lisa. Lisa might win text of the day. I'm not a big Bill Self fan fan myself but it's you can't deny he's a really good coach and uh, if he was a huge for, break for the audience here we have some new graphics on tiger woods which is automatically going to be my bright shiny object tiger saying as of right now i feel like i am going to play so who wins the bet i don't know if you can say that anybody's won the bet i can tell you're going to try to make a case for no, you winning the bet i'm going to call, call a case for a push I think that's the right play. Both of us keep the money. Because if you would have said I'm playing, I would have I would have conceded. Yeah, no, but I think. But uh, he's saying as of right. I mean, it's kind of you know. Yeah, that's game a, time decision, but it is trending in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, I, I'll call that a push. Now, see, for me, I would be watching this even without him playing. I look forward to this. I told my wife, which had to be such a turn on. <laughs> I said, "Listen, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I know we have a two month old and a four year old." Uh huh. I'm not going to be available. Maybe I commission. I, I just won't be available. And she's like, oh, no, that's great. I'm really excited about that. You do you. I'll take care of the two children while you watch golf. Here's a pro tip for me. Get one of your teeth pulled, and you'll get a lot of sympathy from All everyone. Right. Yeah. Get, just get a tooth pulled, and, and you'll just be a little champion watching the Masters all weekend. Uh, so I was going to watch either way, but right. I would imagine now you will have a, a substantial increase just to see how he does. And here's the other thing for those who are going, oh, now it's going to be all Tiger all the time. The Masters app is the greatest app in sports. I, I Comparatively speaking, uh, I don't know what app is is better in sports. I have no idea. Like, for I don't me, even know. March what, Madness app is really of course. good. Yeah. But but you can watch any golfer hit any yeah. shot, go to any hole. I mean, it's 
it's unbelievable. It's if the amazing. PGA Tour could do that, I think it would increase uh, its popularity. So, so if you're, the main feed is all Tiger all the time, which makes sense from their standpoint, that's who's going to appeal to the casual fan. And you want to watch, take your pick of whomever that certainly doesn't have the mass appeal of Tiger Woods, whether people love him or hate him, uh, then you will have that option via the uh, the app, um, which is uh, just phenomenal. I mean, what an absolute... Right. Uh, so Tiger this morning, I mean, I've seen a variety of different numbers. This morning I saw plus 5,000 to win. That sounds about right to me. Um, but now, as he's addressing the media right now, as we speak, at Augusta National, he says, as of right now, I feel like I am going to play. That is Tiger Woods. If anything else comes from it, we will update you on it. Uh, the conditions at Augusta this morning now raining, so they are not allowing... Uh, Jackson calls them patrons, but I'm from yeah. South City, so I call them fans. No, they're patrons. And uh, Jackson kind of tries to appeal to that Horton Watkins corridor, he calls it. But I call them fans. I know. Two-minute breakdown on the okay. game. Absolutely. So uh, that's uh, that's going on right now. So no fans on the course at the moment. And it is expected to be colder and windy this weekend uh, at Augusta National. All right. On the other side of the break, I did uh, watch the Blues last night. Jackson, uh, did you get a chance to watch the Blues and Coyotes? Uh, no. Nope. No, didn't watch the Blues and the Yotes. You know, the Blues are playing the Kraken tomorrow. Ooh, Could I, use those two points, and you like their jerseys. I do like the I Kraken call them too. sweaters. Uh, there's no NCAA tournament game. Do you plan on catching that? The pregame is on 101 ESPN starting at 6 p.m. Oh, early game, 7 p.m. puck drop? Yeah, I could see myself watching. What, I do you think don't... it's going to be a 9 o'clock puck drop? Well, yeah, and when they play on the West Coast. If, but it... the game is in St. Louis. Right. And that's... once again, and, and then you said right as if you're now going to try to bluff your way <laughs> through knowing that. Oh, I had no idea. I was I was wondering if they were playing in Seattle, then I couldn't watch. I, it's becoming like a gag, but I'm throwing my water yet again. It was a good throw that time, no, too. that's exciting about my arm strength. Uh, yeah, so uh, we'll talk about that. Also, Mark McGuire was on with Randy Carricker, mm-hmm. Shell Smallman, and the great Matt Rocchio, and uh, had a couple of clips um, that I'm looking forward to playing on our show and discussing. And, of course, so what would your grandma think uh, coming up as well? You are welcome to give your thoughts. A lot of people giving their <laughs> thoughts on Jackson's college basketball breakdown, 65780, Air Comfort Service uh, text line. And then what about a mic drop? I mean, we've played one in four months. That was really good. And it was on Jawan Howard from February. Uh, use the 101 ESPN app, leave your mic drop, and we'll just play it. Sight yeah. unseen. It's truly, yeah. We'll just, yeah, it doesn't matter. We'll just throw it in there. Uh, so that's what we have coming up. I've got all this stuff, and now uh, Jackson's just taking up all the air with this breakdown of Brady Manick slipping. Ball hogging right now. He is. Uh, so we're going to redistribute the ball uh, and uh, get back uh, to uh, talking Cardinals and Blues. And then Jackson will give his thoughts on the Lakers and their chances of making it into the play-on game Slim. for about 15 minutes. Uh, that's coming up here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you here on the show. We are soliciting Rhino Shield mic drops. Just going to play them. Leave them on the 101 ESPN app, Jackson. That's right. Uh, text in 65780. Air Comfort Service text line. This time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. It's 1024 in St. Louis. The Blues winning last night over the Arizona Coyotes. I was looking at that from a wagering standpoint. So I was like minus 260-ish. The Coyotes have played the night before, played in overtime. They're dreadful. 
blues are on a bit of a heater here. It felt like you could put it in the category of free money. But after the first period, I would imagine some people were thinking, oh boy, they had a lot of scoring opportunities and didn't capitalize. Maybe this is one that is going to start to form yet another, oh goodness, we left two points on the ice against a last place team situation. And then the second period arrives and the Blues turn it on and those scoring opportunities are converted into goals and you have a no contest victory. Uh, as they win by a score of five to one, uh, Vili Huso in net uh, yesterday. Uh, if you were listening to the show initially, Jeremy Rutherford was under the impression that uh, it looked like Bennington would get the start, but then as uh, the skate progressed, it became clear it was going to be Huso. I don't know how often you're going to see Bennington the rest of the way because the Blues aren't in a spot where they can kind of go. Well, let's see if we can get him right. Right. I mean, yeah. they're battling here. There's and, no time to test. And uh, the great thing about last night's win, in addition to they did what they needed to do, and ideally they do what they need to do tomorrow against Seattle, and that is, of course, pick up the two points, sweat-free two points in addition to that, is that they now have a six-point lead on Nashville uh, for uh, the third-place spot in the Central. So, mathematically... This is mathematically still some time left here. I mean, there's still 13 games left for the Blues, 14 for the Predators. But mathematically, you are likely getting your first-round preview on Friday night at the Enterprise Center when the Wild Mm -hmm. come to town. The Wild on an absolute heater. But the Blues themselves have looked like a completely different team ever since just getting worked over Saturday night at this point, 10, 11 days ago against the Hurricanes. And they came back, bounced back so strong against the Canucks, both in St. Louis and then in British Columbia, got the point in the comeback uh, against uh, Edmonton before losing in overtime. The biggest surprise, I think, is what took place in Calgary 24 hours later, and they carried the momentum over into last night against Arizona. And even though they were scoreless after one period, and I would imagine that was highly unlikely from a Las Vegas standpoint, they were dominating play and had a chance to put up a few goals. And fortunately, they were able to capitalize on those opportunities by converting them to goals in the second period. And so they run away with it and win 5-1. And ideally, that momentum continues against uh, the Kraken tomorrow. And then let's see what's going on here as we get a little preview uh, and listen, as well as Minnesota's been playing, they only have a three-point lead on the Blues. So uh, whereas it's uh, highly unlikely anybody's going to run and catch Colorado, the Blues catching the Wild is certainly realistic. You'll get a chance to see it. Tough stretch here with playing a game on Friday night and Saturday night, both in St. Louis. Blues against the Wild Blues against the Islanders. Capitalize on the opportunity against Seattle and see what you can do against Minnesota, that will be a Jim Dandy. I, let me tell you what I got going. You want to know what I got going? You don't want to know, but you're going to hear it anyway. And that's Sweet. exactly what's about to happen for the next 15 seconds. Thursday, Cardinals opener. Mm. How do you do? Yeah. Masties. Oh, how do you do? Mm. I'm fine. Thank you. Mm. Friday, assuming we don't have a Cardinal rainout, I can't imagine we would. Mm-hmm. No precipitation in the forecast, Jackson. But we do have some colder temperatures coming through. I think it's an Alberta Clipper. Friday, Masties. Friday night, Blues Wild. Saturday, Cardinal Baseball. Masties, Blues Hockey. How do you do? Wow. This is this truly is the best time of the year. Glorious. Yeah. And then, right as the Masties come to a conclusion, and you, you, you go, okay, I'll leave the home. I'll check outside and see how things are, just like the tiniest of little groundhogs. <laughs> the weather warms up next week, oh. and then you're just working on your shot shaping. Am I going to fly the ball right to left or left to right on this hole? I don't know, 
the, the issue is I can. It's the a right to left summer. It's a right to left oh, summer. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. We're drawing this summer. We're drawing this summer. Big it's time. draw season. It's draw season, yeah. This is a glorious time. This is a glorious sports time. Yep. I like when the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs get underway right around this time, starting later this year, uh, probably, what, May 1st, 2nd, 3rd, in that, in that range. But fine. When when late June's rolling around and we've got conference finals and Stanley Cup final, I'll be happy that that's going on. Oh, yeah. But I'm kind of hungry for it now, the intensity of the whole thing, to look at the regular season schedule. Oh, my goodness, the Blues still have 13 regular season games. And it's uh, already April 5th. But that's the way the schedule shakes out this year. And you'll get a little taste of playoff hockey on Friday night at Enterprise Center. So that's the way things shake out for that. Jackson, would you like to offer any opinion other than the fact that you like Seattle sweaters? Um, well, I think the game on against the Wild will be a true test. And I think that is the barometer uh, for, this, for this Blue Note team. I think... They come out with a win against Minnesota. You know, spirits are high around town. And with the weather, like you said, I think we're really looking at a, at a boom and just positivity in the St. Louis region if the Blues can win. On against, Friday night. Against the Wild. I honestly thought you would politely decline the opportunity to give an opinion on the Blues. And yet, there you are seizing the moment. I never shy away, Tim. You know that about me. <laughs> Has little Tex ever been taught about afflection? Now, I think that might have been an autocorrect from... Inflection, inflection to afflection, which was a popular clothing brand in certain portions of the area uh, about 15 years ago. Right. Uh, has a little text ever been taught about inflection? He's so monotone. And between the basketball and the monotone just makes this the longest hour in rate. Keep trying, Tim. Wow. All right, you want to do an inflection exercise? I, I thought I've gotten better at inflection personally. I actually do as well. Thank you. The the first couple of weeks of the Sports Center updates were a little dry. Well, they were kind of boom goes the dynamite. Yeah. Absolute petrified. <laughs> and uh and and so the fear led to a a, a monotone delivery, but I've even stopped paying attention to the Sports Center updates because I'm like, oh, he's going to do just fine with them. Yeah. I think the improvements come because now you're kind of ad-libbing and you're not reading yeah, copy. Yeah, 100%. I think that's part of it. Yeah, I think uh, maybe the new show should be Tim and Will Cronkite. See how that plays. Hey, yuppie, it's the Kraken, not the Supersonics. Thanks, that's from the 573. Oh, man, I missed the Supersonics. All that does is confirm that I'm the douchebag. Right. Boy, I missed the Supersonics. I like the mystery as to who the yuppie was and who the douchebag was, but I guess now we... Yeah, well, yeah, I, I guess we figured that out. That's nice. Uh, hey, he gets no action. Jackson, we've rolled the wild this year. If you would watch any games, that's from the 314. Listen, all I care about is what the game's in front of you. We don't look in the rearview mirror. Nice. Solid take. Yeah, Glorious deflect. take. We're going to teach uh, about that deflection. T-Mac, is Bill Self the most smug, arrogant coach in men's hoops? No. Yeah, no. I honestly... No. I, I'll ask the 217 this. I suppose it's rhetorical, but are you a Missouri fan? Because I would imagine you might be looking at it through that lens and then thinking, I just, I, I, like for Missouri fans right now, this is, this is, because the only thing as a Missouri fan, if you're really into the Kansas thing, again, I say it often here, especially since Kansas has been on a run, I personally don't have this ire toward Kansas that a lot of my peers from the University of Missouri share. I think it's certainly exponentially higher on the western side of the state. With that said, 
uh, for Missouri fans not to have the one win they can look forward to each March. And of course, it's not Missouri's. It's whoever beats Kansas. And then to see Kansas cut down the nets, this is the winter of our discontent. Yeah, 100%. this is the winter of our discontent. But I think he's. And if you are a Missouri him. football fan, and I'm not talking about thinking Eli Drinkwitz is Nick Saban, I'm talking about Kansas City Chiefs or formerly St. Louis Rams. You saw the Chiefs lose to the Bengals, and the Rams beat the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. And so, so far this year has been miserable. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah, hundred percent. I don't think I think self is furthest from this. All right, then who who is the most? Jim Beheim. Ooh, that's a nice answer. I think you might get some support on that. It's no doubt, and it's it, it honestly has nothing to do with my rejection of the two-three zone. I just think he's very smug. Uh, hey, Jackson, I love your basketball takes. Don't worry about the haters. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. God bless. Uh, I'm a jilted Illinois fan here, and Bill Self is smug as hell, and I still hate to see him win. Yeah, he's. I mean, I guess he's smug because he's smirk. They were showing whenever they panned the camera to him last night, he was always smirking. There was always, even when they were like losing, he was smirking. I did notice that he was always. And there was one time when North Carolina made that 16-0 run, and the cutaway before a commercial break was Bill Self smirking and Huber Davis like rubbing his, furrowing his brow, rubbing his brow. I was like. This is, that's the, I would switch that. It should be self-furrowing his brow and Hubert Davis fired up on the sideline. I would uh, make this contention mm-hmm. that if Hubert Davis and North Carolina were able to close out what they had built in the first 20 minutes by finishing it off in the final 20 minutes, uh, that that team would have gone down for North Carolina fans as one of their favorite Tar Heel teams in history, not just because they won the national championship, but because they beat Duke at Cameron, they beat Mike Krzyzewski in the Final Four, and then as an eight seed, yeah. they go and they win the national championship and beat a one seed yeah. that was a four-point four favorite, but nonetheless a favorite. Yeah. And they do it kind of coming out of nowhere. I think they were like a 12-point to 14-point underdog in that game a month ago at Cameron. Yeah, yep, And now they they're were. the national champions. Yeah, so Hubert Davis was walking off the floor after that interview with Chasey Wolfson, not the one where he was yelling, but the, the one right before the half. Uh, 20 minutes away from being in an absolute different stratosphere as a first-year head coach, winning a national championship at his alma mater, beating Duke twice, ending Mike Krzyzewski's run at Cameron and ending Duke's season in the Final Four and beating Kansas in the national championship. And now he wakes up as a guy who had a monster lead, the biggest lead that was ever blown in an NCAA tournament championship game, and he couldn't hold on to it, and the whole thing spins based on 20 minutes, just like that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on the first part that I mean this team would have been absolute and I still think they will be revered and I think a lot of it because I think most North Carolina of course they'll be revered but the delta is so great right because they twice against two big 12 teams had monster leads and had some it's it's like watching a golfer you know Ricky Fowler has the repute has the reputation yeah he has a lead on Sunday. It's going to start getting weird. You know, there yeah. are killers and then there are the prey. Yeah. Tiger is an absolute killer. And there are guys when they have the lead on Sunday and you watch him. Xander Shoffley would be an example of a guy who kind of has that reputation, even though he's a great player, kind of has that reputation. And now Hubert Davis in three or two of the last four games, and one of them was against uh, St. Peter's, that they had a big lead and they, you know, squandered it and, yep. and had to go to overtime to be yeah. Ballard. But monster tip of the cap, they were able to go to overtime and win that thing after blowing that lead. Absolutely. All right, I want to play some of these clips from the Mark McGuire interview because he's got a couple things in here that I'm really anxious to hear. I was around McGuire in 2001 when Pujols made his debut. So those two crossed paths. Um, and really, if you go back and you look at Cardinal history, it's like every year 
going back to Musial, and you could probably could predate Musial, there's only a year separating these legends. Point mm-hmm. being, McGuire arrived in St. Louis in 97. Ozzie Smith's last year was 96. Ozzie Smith arrived a year after Lou Brock retired, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Maybe it was two years. Obviously, Brock played with Gibson. Then you got the Musial era. Of course, uh, tying it into McGuire and his final year was Albert Pujols' first year, and we are still seeing this tradition carry on. And that means you can tie generation to generation of Cardinal fans with this greatness. What was Mark McGuire's impression the first time he saw Albert Pujols at camp? You will hear from him. He was on with Randy Carricker and Michelle Smallman on Carricker and Smallman talking about that coming up in addition to. So what did your grandma think? You are listening to Tim and Skiffler on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you to the top of the hour. Action Jackson, uh, Randy Carrick and Michelle Smallman spent some time with Mark McGuire, like a half hour as a matter of fact. Uh, and Randy Carricker came into the, uh, was he in our studios down the hallway in the uh, the ivory tower that is the HD2 studio or uh, we saw him in the hallway. Either way, we were talking about it and he said, you know, Mark McGuire just did an incredible interview with uh, me and Michelle and uh, and he just couldn't have been more pleasant, couldn't have been more insightful. Yep. And Randy was certainly, I, w- I mean, I was, I was still in, at Missouri at the time. Um, but the 1998 season, Mark McGuire has talked about it too, and I think he may have even addressed it in the interview. But uh, just was not necessarily pleasant. Yeah. At the same time, um, I didn't walk in his shoes, mm-hmm. and I can only attempt to imagine what that was like being under the microscope he was under. Um, and so now seeing how he handles himself, I think that is more reflective of at the very least who he's become. And when he wants to talk about baseball, there are a few guys like this. Um, and I think people are now getting a sense for Jim Edmonds savant like knowledge of the game. And really, I think, I don't even know if Edmonds recognizes how knowledgeable he is about the game because it's so natural to him. But if you give him the choice of talking about baseball or almost anything else, I think most of the time Jim would rather talk about something other than baseball. Uh, McGuire is in the same category of his ability to talk about the game. And so you recognize these guys have ridiculous physical abilities. It's like when you hear Wayne right now talk about it. Um, And you have an appreciation for the mental element of it. So uh, Mark McGuire was wrapping up his career in 2001 with the Cardinals. Mm Mm-hmm. Albert Pujols was just beginning his career. And when he showed up in Jupiter, Florida in February of 2001, I don't think it was necessarily expected that he was going to even make the team, much less do what he was about to do over the next eight months. Uh, But he stood out to Mark McGuire, and here is an excerpt of what he had to say on Carriker and Smallman earlier today. When you spoke about Albert Pujols at the beginning of our conversation, you said he's a born hitter. And back in 2001 in spring training, Albert Albert's rookie year, you went to Tony Larusa after you saw Albert Pujols and you said, this guy's got to make your team. This guy's got to be here. What did you see in him then, what, whether it was his natural born talents or what, that made you believe he had to be there? I think it was in his eyes. It was his determination. It was that the, he was so relentless. Um, it, you know, <clears throat> I believe he was a third baseman 
I could be wrong in the minor right. I believe he was a third baseman. And so here's a third baseman and a big guy at that, right? And and he was put in the outfield. You know, um, I was I was uh, you know I had first base, and so he didn't really play first base until you know I got hurt, and or, and I left. And so here's this athlete that is such a big guy that can I mean his hand eye coordination was off the charts for such a young kid. And 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 the thing is is like a lot of us didn't know who he was because you know you go back twenty plus years. You know, we didn't have the information that these kids have, the information of finding out who's coming from behind, you know, the minor league stuff. And, you know, all there's, a lot of those games are on TV today. and you, know, you can watch videos on the minor leaguers and stuff. We didn't have that stuff. We didn't know who was coming up or, or who was drafted. It just wasn't there. But when you saw him play, it's just like, this is a no-brainer. Like, why wouldn't you want him on your team? We're going to win. We're going to win. This guy's a winner. This guy is just like he has got blinders on. He doesn't he doesn't know what's going around him. He all he cares about is hitting the baseball and making a play. And that, I remember seeing him make that play out in left field. Um, at, and I, I believe it was in, we were in Jupiter. And I remember I, I and, and I still remember I going up to Tony. I said, if he is not on our team, it's it would be the, the worst move you've ever made. Now I know Tony doesn't have. <laughs> You know, Walt Jockety, Walt Jockety has the, the say on it, but it's like, you know, I'm, I'm like, this is ridiculous. And, it, you know, the thing was, and I, and I truly believe they, that he was going to go down to AAA, but it wasn't until Bobby Bonilla got hurt. I think he had a hamstring problem, I think, the last week of spring training. And he broke the team with us, and the rest is history. It's a, it's a first ballot. It, and if, he, if he doesn't get 100%, Hundred uh, percent, getting in the Hall of Fame. There's something wrong with the voting. It's just like I, I don't understand that. This guy, it's like it's not the first ten years of his career. Nobody in the history of the game has done what he's done. Ten first, the history of the game. Yeah, you Phen- know, and phenomenal. it's like yes, he's had some injuries, and it's like oh, and he's going to reach 700 home runs. I don't have it. There's, I don't even need to question that. He's gonna, he's gonna reach 700 home runs. But it's just like, this guy is just, he was born. God gave us, us, the game of baseball to witness this, this, this human being to be as good as on the field, but even a better person off the field with all the stuff that him and. His wife, Dee Dee, do. It's just unbelievable what we've been given. And it's just like I've been saying for years, it's like, do not take him for granted. Do not take him for granted. It's Mark McGuire with Randy Carricker and Michelle Smallman. Talking in a way that uh, about 20 years ago when we were around Mark McGuire would have seemed uh, unbelievable just because he is so detailed in his answer and giving his perspective. And that's just not the way he was. But uh, when he got back to the Cardinals, his hitting coach, he uh, was in a much more comfortable mode. And that's why uh, I say I just think he just was in a spot in 1998 that most people couldn't possibly fathom with the attention that was on him. And uh, Sammy Sosa appeared to be a perfect foil because Sosa kind of snuck up and nobody was focused on him. They were focused on McGuire and Griffey, if uh, you're old enough to recall that. Uh, with regards to Albert Pujols and the anecdote, um, that just speaks to how much uh, talent 
he has for a player of McGuire's caliber and considering who McGuire has played with and right. who he has coached for him to appreciate that kind of ability. And the thing that I would also say with regards to pools, and that's having been down at the ballpark on a, a basically daily basis through the first five seasons of his career, um, whereas some guys just didn't want to deal with the media, which is totally cool. You know, I mean, he can't, oh, guy's a good guy because he'll do interviews. Guy's a bad guy because he won't do interviews. That's not, that's not, a, you know, that's not the way it should work. But in Albert's case, Jackson, he was always working. Yeah. He was always working. And there are just certain athletes, and we talked a little bit about this, you know, with regards to what you saw Michael Jordan talk about in The Last Dance. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Pujols has it. I think Yadier Molina has it. Uh, and I'm sure you can take it and, and apply it all over the place um, with sport. And that's players who are, they have no real bridle on ambition. It is constant. It is a quest for greatness that never, ever is quenched. Mm-hmm. And in a way... I would imagine some of these guys, if they were to be completely honest, and maybe I'm off the mark on it, would say it's not really a pleasant way to live day to day. Right. Because you're never satisfied. Exactly, yeah. But the byproduct of the lack of that satisfaction when you have ridiculous ability and absurd work ethic is greatness. Now, it might not lead to a lot of happiness on a day-to-day basis, but as far as your commitment and your natural ability, you combine that, and the answer will be what Albert Pujols has done, what Michael Jordan has done, what Tiger Woods has done. Take your pick of whomever else. Who am I leaving out? Who would who would be in that category? Kobe. Kobe had the same thing. Yeah, it just it just never satisfied. Yep. And and it's interesting in that answer that Mark McGuire shared with Randy Carricker and Rochelle Smallman uh, that. It stands out that he's like, yeah, he's going to get 700 home runs. He's going to get. He's that's even, that's he, what he, I took. He, from he's it. not even. He's not even sweating it. All right, we got to take a break. We'll come back with. So, what'd your grandma think? Here, final segment of Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Sometimes the media asks bad questions, like C- congratulations, um, congratulations. I lost. You lost? Yes. Oh. Or. What went through your mind when you were told that the contract was done? What's that? And when that happens, players will fire back. I mean, are you looking to get into a pissing match, me, you and I? Yeah. That's a final question, bro. Now, it's time for. So what's your grandma think? All right, Jackson, what do we got going on here? Well, you've made reference to it a couple times, both during TMA and this show. And, you know, it's not really a who, so what'd your grandma think, but it's just, it kind of needs to be played. It's, uh. Hubie Davis just screaming at Tracy Wilson. Mm. I, I love it. To assess what you've seen. We're competing out there. It's live action, Tracy. It's live action out there. I thought we were nervous at the beginning. Then we started to settle in. We got better defensively. Now we're attacking a basket. We're ready to go. Are you okay with how Baycott is right now? He's doing terrific. I'm so proud of him. I told you, 52%. Him on the floor. It's good news for Carolina basketball. Thank you. <laughs> oh. Thank you, Tracy. Fired up. Hey, it's live. Fired up. Love it. You know who he kind of sounds like to me? Oh. Funk Man. He kind of oh, sounds nice. like, he kind of said, rest in peace, Bob Einstein. He kind of sounds Curb like Curb your enthusiasm. That. Right. Funk Man. He kind of sounds like the Funk Man when he's screaming there. Hey, we got to wrap it up. BK and Ferrario are up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN.
You've been listening to The Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.